0: All right, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I cannot stop thinking about Cozy, which is some of the most thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living that I've ever seen. And we have talked about Cozy's beautiful products before, but I really want to harp on the Cozy experience itself. Because not only is the delivery fast and free, with high-quality products at a fair price. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com to start customizing your furniture today. That's C-O-Z-E-Y dot com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. I know I do. But I think it's equally as important to know what you'd do with that time, if you had it. But learning how to prioritize what's important to me didn't come naturally. It's taken a lot of wonderful, loving people, including a couple of really great therapists to get me there. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do believe the world would be so much better if everyone had access to a good therapist that did the right thing for them. But until we get to my perfect utopia, I will never stop searching for ways to make self-help and therapy and life improvement more accessible. Good morning, good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. Today, we're talking about another American civil rights activist who is near and dear to my heart. I've read so much of her work, and truth be told, I owe a lot of my political confidence, especially when it comes to the abolitionist movement, to this woman. And the fact that she is still alive, breathing the same air as we are, to me, is a miracle. And it also speaks to the fact that the civil rights movement really wasn't very long ago. If you don't know Angela Yvonne Davis, who was born January 26th in 1944, well, I'm about to liberate you from that rock you've been living under, because she's a badass. She is an American Marxist and feminist and political activist. She is a brilliant philosopher and writer and academic and she's a professor at the University of California, Santa Cruz. Davis was a longtime member of the Communist Party in the USA, as well as a founding member for the Committees of Correspondence for Democracy and Socialism. She was active in movements such as the Occupy Movement and the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanctions campaign. And before I started reading her works, I was terrified of Karl Marx, communism, and intersectionality in general, but her brilliant way of writing makes things accessible and easy to understand and washes away some of the fear campaigns and propaganda that we have been spoon-fed in this country. Angela Davis herself was born in Birmingham, Alabama. She studied at two different universities, where she became increasingly engaged in the far-left politics. She also studied at the University of California, San Diego before moving to East Germany, where she completed a doctorate at the University of Berlin. After returning to the U.S., she joined the Communist Party of the USA and became a main name in the second wave feminist movement and the campaign against the Vietnam War. In 1969, she was hired as an assistant professor of philosophy at the University of California, Los Angeles. UCLA's Governing Board of Regents soon fired her due to her membership in the CPUSA or the Communist Party of the U.S., and a court ruled the firing illegal. So the university rebutted and fired her for the use of inflammatory language. In 1970, she was charged because there was an armed takeover of a courtroom in Marin County, and the guns used in that situation did belong to Angela Davis who openly admits that she has owned guns being a black woman in the South for personal protection. However, she has consistently denied her involvement in the raid. Either way, that situation led to four people being killed and Angela was prosecuted for three capital felonies, including conspiracy to murder. She was held in jail for over a year before being acquitted of all of her charges in 1972. During the 80s, Davis was twice the Communist Party's candidate for vice president. In 1997, she co-founded Critical Resistance, an organization working to abolish the prison-industrial complex. In 1991, amid the dissolution of the Soviet Union, she ended up breaking away from the Communist Party U.S. to establish the CCDS, And that same year was the year she joined the Feminist Studies Department at the University of California, Santa Cruz, where she became department director before retiring in 2008. Davis has received so many awards, including the Soviet Union's Lenin Peace Prize and an induction into the National Women's Hall of Fame. Having been accused of supporting political violence and for supporting the Soviet Union, she has been a controversial figure. In 2020, she was listed as the 1971 Woman of the Year in Time Magazine's 100 Women of the Year edition. In 2020, she was included on the Times list of the 100 most influential people in the world. Now, let's go back and talk a little bit about her early life. Because as a child living in Birmingham, Alabama, her family lived on the Dynamite Hill neighborhood which was marked in the 1950s by the bombings of houses in an attempt to intimidate and drive out middle-class black people who had moved there. Davis occasionally spent time on her uncle's farm and with friends in New York City. Her siblings include two brothers, Ben and Reginald, and a sister, Fania. Ben played defensive back for the Cleveland Browns and Detroit Lions in the late 60s and early 70s. Davis attended Carrie A. Tuggle School, a segregated black elementary school, and later Parker Annex, a middle school branch of Parker High School in Birmingham. During this time, Davis's mother, Sally Bell Davis, was a national officer and leading organizer of the Southern Negro Youth Congress, an organization influenced by the Communist Party, aimed at building alliances among African Americans in the South. Davis grew up surrounded by communist organizers and thinkers, and obviously this all significantly influenced her intellectual development. Among those influences was an official of the Southern Negro Youth Congress named Louis E. Burnham, whose daughter Margaret Burnham was Davis's friend from childhood, as well as her co-counsel during her 1971 trial for the murder and kidnapping she was christened at her father's Episcopal Church, and she was involved in the church youth group as a child. She attended Sunday school regularly, and she attributes much of her political involvement to her involvement with the Girl Scouts of the U.S.A. She also participated in the Girl Scouts' 1959 National Roundup in Colorado. As a Girl Scout, she marched and picketed to protest racial segregation in Birmingham. By her junior year of high school, Davis had been accepted by an American Friends service committee, which was a Quaker program that placed black students from the South in integrated schools in the North. She chose Elizabeth Irwin High School in Greenwich Village. There, she was recruited by a communist youth group named Advance. Tomorrow, I want to talk about her arrest and trial because it was something I didn't know much about. I had seen mugshots of Angela Davis and known what my parents had told me from their knowledge of her arrest in the 70s. But as is with most information you learn as a child, it's far more interesting now that I have more context and a more nuanced opinion about the American government and the systems in which she spent a lifetime trying to draw attention to. In the meantime, though, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. The links for today's resources are in the show notes as always. And I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, beautiful.